Stand by to receive our transmission. Just a little fine tuning, a little tenderizing. You know, Whoops, here on down the, we go. Here on the stuff here before we go on the air, we gotta <laughs> we gotta make sure everything is not going wonky here on our equipment that we have. Uh, I always like I always like it when I come in here day to day because nothing's ever consistent. It's like a new place every day because Surprise! settings settings are different. There's control boards. There's things that are different and better. And hey, at least you didn't do like I did the other day. I forgot that do? I was on the back channel, and so I had the main channel turned off. And I came out and talked for like two minutes. When well, was, it was that? Great. It was great. It was two minutes of dead air for everybody else, but I was killing it in here. Isn't that when we do our best work when no one hears us? That's the problem. Well, it must be every Saturday from we 7 do. to 10. Oh, that's not right. Notice how you included up till 10 on that. Well, you know, because everybody starts great. to listen you're right. when you're on. That's when my right, mom tunes yeah. in. That's when our friend up there who thinks Bob Newhart died two years ago tunes in. That's where our friend from the left, the, the left coast yeah. tunes in. Who, who are you talking about? Everybody <laughs> who, who listens, that? they listen ten to noon Saturdays. <laughs> That's right, including him. Even even Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> yeah, Arnold. Well, good morning. It's BK on the air. I know when I say good morning and you hear the podcast, that it may not be the morning, but it's the morning when we do the show live. It's morning here. somewhere. WBHF, which means it's drinking time somewhere. <laughs> Sorry. Well, for you, you always keep track of that. I do. I don't know. Actually, I don't. I don't. It's drinking anytime. I don't. I don't on air. I have never. I have never done that. I've never on stage. Right. I have never at work. Well, of course not. Ever. Yeah, that, no, we the never. People do that. who think, oh, I'm, I'm a better actor when I'm drunk. No, you might convince no, yourself you, you think are. You are. Who do you think you are, John? Bar- John Barrymore. <laughs> <laughs> who do you think you are? I. But you know what's funny? You though. Oh no. Depending on where you are, you always have a drink of something. Oh, in do. your hand, I, <laughs> no matter what it is, I do like to. You've got a bottle of water, you got coffee mostly, or something else, you know, or whatever. Look, at, you, you, you see that. two of my three main <laughs> beverage items right in front of you. I've got my water bottle, right. I've got my coffee. Those right. are my first two things, and I drink that all the way through till my day is done. And when we go outside, show me the what's behind the truck, your truck, your truck seat. What's in the truck about there? There's nothing Anything in the car. Nothing. No, you go ahead and take a look. Okay, what's in? But what's, I can't tell you. What's in the kitchen at home? Oh, at home. <laughs> I, I, I embrace the vodka. I know, I know there's at least bourbon. some Irish whiskey at home that I that I brought to you <laughs> for Christmas. There's, there's there all somewhere. kinds of whiskey. Unless it's gone, it Look, might be gone I'm already. I'm like Scotty. I Sometimes I have to uh, get a little, re- I have to go have a little wee bout of something. <laughs> uh, a what? wee bout. Yeah, wee bout of shore leave. A wee bout. <laughs> I've got so much stuff here to do today, I'll just warn everybody. WBHF, AM 1450 and 100.3 FM here at the radio station. You can stream us at wbhfradio.org or download the free version of TuneIn or Radio Garden, two great apps that you can choose from hundreds upon dozens upon hundreds of radio stations and content, but just uh, listen to us and program us and click the little heart thing and make us your favorite station. I, and I know Alan would really appreciate that. I've got so much, I'm holding in my hand right here, I've got so much to talk about today that I'm going to have to go just all the way up to I don't know, maybe 1 o'clock, maybe one thirty. I know I'll go off the air at 12, but I need to find a way to go further. I'm tinkering around with the idea of doing an extra hour on Saturday. Not every Saturday, but, but every now and then when I have more to talk about than I can squeeze in. I'm thinking about doing an extra hour and call it like BK Extra or BK Extra Helping or BK Seconds or something <laughs> like that. Let's have some seconds of BK. Um, We've already had one breakfast, but what about second breakfast? (laughs) Or I'll work on my uh, first lunch, (laughs) or my second lunch. 
uh, just doing another hour of just talking about stuff and, and stuff that I have or maybe squeezing in some more fun content. I'm, I'm mulling around it even. I don't know whether to do it Facebook Live or YouTube Live. Some people say one is better than the other to do and then transfer it to the other. But I sort of say if I do it, YouTube Live to me sounds more appealing because it's YouTube. That's kind of what it's used for. And here Facebook can be kind of wonky mm-hmm. when it comes to live stuff like dropping out or, or messing up or, or, or not sounding or looking right. that great, not having as much control over it. So maybe YouTube. So I don't know. I might do that. Are you thinking of doing this at home or doing it like probably, here? Probably, right? probably at home. I could do it here before I left the station. I guess I could do it here. I just on, didn't know how computer. you were planning to do it because I know no, you no, and no. I. And, and let's be honest to the audience, we are begrudgingly being dragged into the idea that video is important for broadcast. And let's emphasize the word begrudgingly. Dragged. I'm serious. People are like because well, I don't want you share do pictures. That. I'm like, no, that's a post to tell you to go listen. Right. It's audio. We're we're audio. We're we're ear. I want to exist in your head, not on your screen. I don't want you. uh, I don't want you look like. What's he got in the background? Did he just pick his nose? Wait yeah. a minute. Wait, why is it? Why is he crossing one eye? Wait, who's in the room? He seems like distracted. I don't look, need you distracted. Look at that shirt he's wearing. Right, exactly. <laughs> First of all, I don't want to. My friend, Kristen Gates. I don't have to deal with that. Who has been telling me this is coming and I need to start embracing it. She goes, I hate it. I hate it every day because I used to be <laughs> able to too. get up and go straight into the studio. Right. No makeup, no hair, just put on a hat and just go because I'm on the radio. Now I got to get dialed up and make sure I look good because I have to be on camera. We could, let's put it this way, on radio, we could technically not hear because we have windows, but we could, if we're audio only, I could do it with a shirt on and no underwear or just sun, or underwear only. Dude. I mean, no, no one would know. I could I, be as comfortable as I wanted. I make my very self very comfortable <laughs> when I'm podcasting. <laughs> Why not? Because I don't have video. <laughs> So anyway, that's where and everybody thinks, oh, it's old-fashioned, it's radio. I'm like, no, there's something about audio only. It leaves you, because back in the old days, <laughs> I just said it's not old-fashioned, but I'm going to use an old-fashioned uh, example here. Back in the old days when I would hear classic DJs, by the way, and today it's someone's birthday today who's no longer with us who was a classic DJ. Wait till we get to on this day. You'll hear that. Was it um, Wolfman? We can, uh, it could be. You may have just ruined it. I was going to te- tease it, me. but, but uh, guys oh. like Wolfman Jack, uh, guys that were on the radio back in the day, you never knew what they looked like. Right? They they would they would be descriptive on the air, tell you about things, and talk about it. It was audio only, and it was left to your mm-hmm. mind to fill things in. That's why I always kind of liked uh, radio audio radio plays back in the day. I, I did listen to a lot of the old ones. I listened to one called The Whistler, which was very interesting. I used to listen to uh, Gunsmoke. I heard Gunsmoke, the radio play, which William Conrad, who played Cannon on television, did the voice for. Matt Dillon, mm-hmm. and he was a he was a he had a great voice. He did the voice for the Long Ranger as well on the animated cartoon The Long Ranger. William Conrad, great voice for radio. Dragnet with uh, Jack Webb. It's just fun. Superman, Flash Gordon. I, I got into those and still listen to them every now and then. There's something about listening to something in audio form that's, that I don't know makes it more interesting for mm-hmm. the listener to kind of not see it but make up in their own mind what yeah. things look like. I'm, Star Wars did a radio drama. They did a radio drama for Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi on NPR. And now it's available on, like, DVDs and downloads and stuff, Blu-rays and downloads. Sorry, CDs and downloads. You can listen to it. And it was phenomenal. They've got to tell a lot more of the story of Star Wars and fill in all the gaps that you didn't see on the on the, on the the movie. And George Lucas sanctioned it. It was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Audio is fun. I just know you and I... And I agree. Everything you said, I don't need to repeat it. But we are still being kind of dragged into this. I'll do it. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'm just the earliest stages of it. And I do appear on podcasts that do video. 
right. you know these these live YouTube videos. And I think it's fun. I, wonderful retro pals that I have doing that. But I'm not running it. It's my, my channel, so right. I don't have to do Someone that. Someone else has to figure audio. out, and I don't want to edit. Well, we'll, ha- we'll have <laughs> a lot of news, and uh, Golden Rage of TV might visit uh, the Pink Panther coming up. It's BK on the air. And now, these messages. Elements where it's cool and refreshing. Elements are sugar-free and so fresh they take your breath away. So fresh and cool and sugar-free, come up to Bellamy's. There's only one Tic Tac, the original mouthwack. Daddy bought me the best mints money can buy, but nothing matches the whack of a Tic Tac. I drifted for a while, lozenges, breath mints. But you can't beat the old whack. There are lots of substitutions, but there's only one taste sensation like Tic Tac, the original mouth whack. Now there's a Tic Tac with berry on one side and cherry on the other. A Tic Tac double whack pack. Yes! That's awesome! Greetings, fellow classic TV fans. The Pink Panther Show ran on television from 1969 to 79. This coolest of cartoon characters actually started on the big screen during the opening and closing credits of the 1963 Blake Edwards movie. Reportedly, the audience reaction to the new cartoon character was extremely enthusiastic. The Pink Panther was animated by Frizz Freeling from Warner Brothers and Looney Tunes fame. Based off the reaction to the film, Freeling, along with his production assistant, David H. DePady, were contracted for 156 six-minute movie house shorts for United Artists. DePady is quoted as saying, with that, we were in business and moving right along. During this era, feature films were usually accompanied by a cartoon, and the Pink Panther soon became one of the most popular. In 1964, one of his episodes, entitled Pink Fink, became the first ever animated short to win an Oscar. The unforgettable soundtrack was supplied by the four-Oscar, 20-Grammy award-winning composer Henry Mancini. Just hearing those first four notes would simply delight audiences because they knew exactly what was coming. Five years after winning the Oscar, the Pink Panther movie shorts were repurposed for Saturday morning television, where it remained for a full decade under multiple different titles. DePady and Freeling believed the Panther never really needed to speak, but it was not without trying. Impressionist Rich Little supplied limited dialogue in two episodes titled Sink Pink and Pink Ice. But according to Frizz, having a voice for him just didn't work. Most fans agree that the cunning, suave, sophisticated Pink Panther, along with some cool jazz, funny facial expressions, and pure elegance, proved to be the perfect mixture for what would become one of the most beloved cartoon characters on both the big and small screens. This is Pat McCormack with your retro TV trivia from the Golden Rage of TV. You can also find me on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram at Golden Rage of TV and on Twitter at Golden Rage of TV One. And now back to BK on the air. Little Pink Panther for you there. Thank you, Pat McCormack. We're going into the world of Pink Panther. I loved the old original Pink Panther. 
animated cartoon. They the were, cartoon. They were so funny. And I even, you know, liked enjoyed the movies of Peter Sellers as you well, know, which was really wacky and crazy. It's this kind goes of to comedy. show you how your perception of what you think you're going to do can taint what it is. Because I grew up with the Pink Panther cartoon. And when right. I heard that, well, it's based that there's a Pink Panther movie. Right. And I was like, oh, I want to see a cartoon movie. And I'm like, where, where is he? It starts off in the credits. We see him in the diamond. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, well, who's this Joker? Who's this guy? And I had no, because I, I was so expecting one thing. I almost dismissed the comic genius of Peter Sellers in that movie. I only, when I got older and went back, realized, ah. Uh, I was expecting a cartoon. You it's were, not a cartoon. Sometimes you were so disappointed with, uh, with 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 entertainment as a kid because I remember that's that's along the same lines of you telling me uh, the television series Alice. You were disappointed because it wasn't about Alice from the Brady right. Bunch because there, there's about only the waitress, one Alice, the waitress Alice. You're like, wait a minute, the Alice, only Alice in I this. knew was the Brady Bunch. <laughs> Why does it? It's not her. That story crosses over with your Pink Panther disappointment too. And uh, and and once we learned, you know, it wasn't the cartoon. The, the movies were hilarious. Uh, I didn't see uh, what I did see of the new one with Steve Martin. I thought eh, it's not. Steve is a funny guy, but I just didn't think it was of what I saw of it. I didn't think it was that great uh, of a Pink Panther Inspector Clouseau type thing. I kind of so. feel the same way I did about Johnny Depp, who I think is a very good actor, trying to redo Willy Wonka. Yes, even worse on that because Steve Martin yeah. is a fantastic he actor, is. and so is Johnny Depp. Great at comedy. Johnny Depp's great he too. Was yeah. Not good trying to reinvent a character that no. Peter Sellers was he just pretty much owned, owned owned the pink slip on that mm-hmm. character. He, owned, he had the title. Yeah. <laughs> he owned the title of that thing. Uh, a lot of people were putting that on Twitter not too long ago. Somebody put out this the question: uh, uh, Who owns a role that should never be replaced or ever try to be recast? They were, they were throwing a lot of them out there that I agreed with. Some of them. Not so much, because I'm like, uh, some of them are iconic. I mean, obviously, at one point, I thought William Shatner is Captain Kirk. But then again, you know, they made the new Star Trek movies. And Chris Pine did a, did a, a, a yeoman's job of, of bringing that character into, into more modern films. And that's mm-hmm. fine. But, you know, not so much. Everybody's like, well, you know, that's been proven with James Bond. James Bond changed a few times so that you can accept that someone else playing that character. We've established that. Uh, some people said, uh, oh, Harrison Ford's Indiana Jones. I'm like, well, you know, I don't, I don't know if. I, th- I could see someone else playing Indiana Jones. That, that's another one where I'm like, nah, that that could be. Re-. Not that I don't like Harrison Ford, right. but I could see that being recast in someone else if it's done well. Right. Yeah. There, there's a difference, I think, between somebody who delivers a performance that we just associate with that character right. versus a performance that just cannot be done by anybody else. Right. I mean, the t- in television, it was done with Doctor Who several times. I mean, I never was a Doctor Who fan, didn't watch it. But that... That character has changed over and over again. So there's a lot of that muddling and going about out there. I got a lot of stories today, so I got to try to get to them all. The first one up, I don't know if Alan heard about this, but it's an interesting story. Tron 3, it says on several news outlets, is finally out, and this is their words, out of development hell. Mm hmm. And filming will start soon. This particular story is from Screen Rant, Cooper Hood at Screen Rant. Disney's moving forward. With Tron 3 star, uh, starring uh, Jared Leto and Long Last with Pirates of the Caribbean director joining the project. Jared Leto is another one of those people where you're like, man, he's really horrible in some things, but he's what he, when he's really good, when he's, he's good, really he's great. Yeah. Because we saw the uh, Gucci film about Gucci. Did mm-hmm. you see that? No. Where he's playing Gucci's brother who who's doesn't have a lot of talent, and he's, he's, he's in prosthetics, and he looks like an older bald guy. He was amazing in that movie. Jared Wasn't Leto was really amazing. Scott? 
He it may have been Ridley Scott that directed that. Yeah, I think he, I think you're right. But it's it, I, it's about a subject that I don't really care about. But mm-hmm. the movie's so well done. I'm like, oh man, did Jared Leto was fantastic in that. I thought he's a he's really a good actor. The character he played in Blade Runner 2049 was phenomenal. Was it very was odd just, uh, like, character. Yeah, yeah, but it stood out. It, yes. it was. It's it like wow. But then again, he'll go and play the Joker, the Joker for, for DC, and it was wasn't great at all. I just I didn't care for that Horrible. at all. And he's he's I hear he's kind of a weirdo. I hear during the the Suicide Squad that he sent his co his co stars uh, like bu- uh, bullets in the mail because he's trying to get so much into a character. And I'm like, how much of that is wanting attention, and how much is it that really gets you into character? I don't know, but I do agree that Jared Leto is a great actor. Uh, Disney relaunched the Tron franchise in 2010 with Tron Legacy. Uh, Olivia, uh, starring Garrett uh, Hedlund and Olivia Wilde and Jeff Bridges, was there. The movie proved to be a decent size hit. It says earning four hundred million it did. worldwide. Actually, I got to tell you. Seven, hold on, seven seven zero three eight six fourteen fifty. We got a call coming in. Let's see how horrible the phone systems and the phone sounds today, and we'll see what's going on here. Hey, it's BK on there. Hello. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing great. What's going on here, buddy? Hey, listen. I was just going to add a comment uh, to what y'all were talking about. I think one character that could be changed is the guy who does uh, the Jack Reacher, uh, Tom Cruise. Replace him with the guy who's doing it on TV. He's, he's closer to uh, the description that's in the books. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, uh, there's no doubt. The guy that was in the series, and by the way, fantastic season, I, and I, I really hope it gets renewed What for was the series two. called? It was Jack Reacher. Well, who's, who's playing him? Do you know who I can't remember who the actor's okay. name, but he was much more, he was exactly as described in the book. Okay, good. Well, there's a good example right there. Anybody, but there's someone, is there someone that you could never replace playing somebody, though? I think probably it would be Sean Connery with James Bond. I mean, Craig did a good job, but Sean Connery, I mean, he is the epitome of the Bond movie I saw with Sean Connery. You didn't like any of the Bonds that followed after Sean Connery, huh? Well, they were okay, but it was just, it, it was kind of like, you know, um, mayonnaise and ketchup. You know, mayonnaise is always <laughs> Whatever better, your preference is. Right. <laughs> well, okay, that's a good way to put it. I do think, I find something great about all the guys he, that play I'll James Bond. I'll tolerate the other Bonds, but <laughs> there's good. only one. But no. you know what? You are right. Sean Connery was the best James Bond. I'll have to go with you on that. Yes, sir. Yeah, he was. Guys, I enjoy listening to you. Y'all have a great day. We enjoy you calling. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Yeah, I think we, I have to massage this a bit. It's not that there can't be other people. It's what we're trying to say is, is there that one role that right. no matter what, right. no one's going to be able to do it justice that y- it'll fail. Right. And some people would also argue, someone else came up with the idea of, of um, Clark Gable as Rhett Butler in uh, Gone with the Wind. Well, I think that's more of a movie thing. You can't really redo or remake Gone with the Wind. It's one of those classics. Even though they did try, they had a miniseries that came out oh, based, based on a book on called Scarlet. Scarlet the and Timothy Dalton played Rhett Butler. And I can't, was it was it Val Kimmer's ex-wife playing... Uh, Oh, was it? Playing her, yeah. yeah Joanne, Joanne, Joanne Whaley at the time, Kilmer. Yeah. She was playing, uh, um, what's the character's name? Who, who is she in the movie? I can't even remember. My wife's going to kill me. Scarlet. That's you how much just I said the series much, was That's how much Scarlet. I don't like Gone with the Wind is I can't even remember her name. Yeah. I said you I actually said unpopular opinion, I still think Gone with the Wind is the most overrated bad movie I've ever seen. It is, and I mean, it is, and I'm with you on that. Oh, wait a minute. We agreed on a movie. Uh-huh. That happens from we time to time. We agree on That's good. I do agree with that. It's not a bad movie. It's a classic movie. I realize oh, that. It's but it's classic. Not, yeah. It's it, For me, I think but, it's, it's not... It's not. I can't even sit through it. No, and I've I have seen it once, but but I it took me twice. it took me three times to watch Gone with the Wind once, 
and I finally did see it. So so bad. But uh, <laughs> it's not bad. For me, it's just overblown, it's, you know. And my wife was like, "That's the style of acting in that day." I'm like, "Yeah." Well, it's not, no, it's not the style of acting. I, I have go a watch Mr. Smith like goes to ones. Washington. It is a hundred times better well, acted. Well, than Mr. Gone Smith came goes to Washington came out later than no? Gone with the Wind. Same year, thirty nine. What? I thought that was in the early fifties. Mr. Smith goes to Washington. Ooh. Okay. Well, it, it, I don't have a problem. No, with the old, sir. I don't have a problem with the old style of acting. It's just if it's a good movie, it's a good movie. It's BK on there. We'll be back. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Your lady, oh, Swiss Miss Instant Cocoa. What's the best way to start your day? Give a little yodel. Swiss Miss has lots of rich chocolatey cocoa and milk already in it. Mmm. So all you do is add hot water and. Give a little yodel. Okay, gang, what do you do for a warm up break? Yodel! Swiss Miss Instant Cocoa. Your lady. They say that a friend in need is a friend indeed. When those in the Big Apple are in need of a friend, they call on this man, Robert McCall. He'll even the odds. When you do, believe me, I will be there. I'm here to protect you. Edward Woodward is the Equalizer. Wednesday nights at 9. Hey, we're back. It's BK on the air here on AM 1450 and 100.3 FM WBHF. Oh, having a good time. I'll get back to that Tron 3 story. We got uh, we had to take a call there, but we always try to take calls when the phones are working around here. Sometimes the phones just kind of decide. Do you have somebody on hold now? I'm going on strike. I do have someone. Well, yeah, I have someone on hold. Your favorite buddy. I think you and him are like the bestest of pals, and it's more of a virtual radio relationship. It's awesome on the air. I have. Uh, I know who this is. Hey, good, hey there, buddy. Uh, you're off hold now. Go ahead and talk. So let me get this right. Oh, that's better. Yes, I want to start doing videos because I think that's the way things are moving. Is it the powers that beat that want you to, y'all to start doing videos, or is it you? No, it's not the powers that beat. It's just that society now is turning to people doing video on, if you keep up, and I know you don't keep up with this stuff because, you know, you're getting older. But uh, <laughs> it's, it's the way things are now on video. People are doing videos, YouTube live videos, Facebook live videos. People want people to see their face Every and talk and stuff. Every radio show so, is starting to broadcast Yeah, and I'm thinking, video. well, to keep up with the Joneses, I guess I'm going to have to do that, I, I suppose. I was hoping the fad wouldn't catch on. Yeah, that's why, Eric. Yeah, no one's making me do it. Right. Yeah, no one's making me it's, do it. So. Eric, trust me on this one. BK and I have talked about this for how many for months now. We've been watching this. Yeah, trend. we're fighting it tooth and nail, believe and me. I keep everybody keeps saying, you know, if you want to grow your brand, you need to be on video. You know, you need to film yourself on video. You need to release video. I'm like, I don't want to. We don't want to do it. And I'm but, I've seen, but I've seen YouTube. I've yeah. seen YouTube. Yeah. I know. No. No. No one wants to see this. No. <laughs> no, you don't. You don't want other people to see us, is what you're saying, right? No. Okay. Well, I mean, that's that's part. That's going to be I part of it. I don't disagree with you. <laughs> yeah, I don't die. We're not disagreeing with you. We're agreeing. As with you. And we, Alan. Yeah. I actually agree with you on something. Okay. What? Uh oh. Gone with the wind. The worst movie known to band. It, it's it's bad. I don't think he said that. I don't think he says. The I did worst say movie it was bad. Band. I, I can't sit through it. Yeah. I'm saying it's bad. What was the plot? Well, it had a plot. 
Well, exactly. It, it's it's spectacle, and people love it because it was big and but you know, gaudy and audacious. And but there you go. Uh, by the way, Eric, you do videos. By the way, people get to see you. Yes, it's because I look like Will Smith. Went where in like the dark with no lights on? Is that where you look like him? <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I told you who you look like, Eric. Do you remember the guy? Do you remember the you remember the original Planet of the Apes movie with Charlton Heston, no, the first I don't one? Look like you. you do look like the astronaut. That's the one astronaut. I can't remember his name, but he's the one. Didn't he die? Uh, that dies. Yeah, but he he's yeah. Well, all of them die eventually. But you look like the one astronaut actor that, that the actor that plays that astronaut with Charlton Heston. I can't remember his name, but you look like that guy. You know who I'm talking about? Okay. Yeah, which is not bad. There's nothing bad about it. Okay, okay. Well, I got I you down as a no for us doing a video, and we guess what? We're going to end the call right now because we agree with you. <gasps> That's great. How many we agree? We agree, but we still end up doing it. <laughs> right. We might do it anyway, though. Sorry. Please, just leave it as is. I can't help it, man. we got to go with the flow. You know, we went from having an outhouse to indoor plumbing. We have to go with technology sometimes. I'm sorry. It happens. But All thank right, you for I calling. As usual, or good. You're going to watch it. You're good, and you'll still watch. You'll watch it too. If I do, if I do videos, you'll watch them. I know you will. All right. Bye. right. We love you. Bye. Bye. So there's Eric. Happy New Year. Checking in. Happy New Year too. By the way. Uh, yeah, we're going to flash the audience after the next break, but I want to continue this Tron Three story. Tron Three is out of development. Say it. Say it. If only, if only I could get the title out of my mouth, that would be great. <laughs> Words. The movie, the, the movie Tron 3, proved to be a decently sized hit when it did come out, if you remember, earning $400 million worldwide. However, the studio has struggled for years to get a sequel off the ground. Now, the original director, Joseph Kaczynski, has plans to make Tron Ascension, but that never transpired. That was his original uh, plan. Jared Leto then joined the effort to make Tron 3 in 2017, which was at the point described as a reboot for the franchise, but also stalled through development. Well, that's bad, wasn't I guess Tron 3 was it was a direct no, it wasn't sequel, Tron wasn't 3, it? Dron, it? I'm was sorry, Tron, Tron, the Tron Legacy was not a sequel to the it original was, film. It was, well, 20 years later. Again, I don't want to, I don't, I don't want another reboot. I hate that word, reboot. 82, so now it's... Well, but it was basically the the kid... Right. ...of... Of Flynn. Of Flynn. Of uh, Jeff Bridges. Right. Uh, now, here we go, let's come up to today. Now Disney's finally moving forward with Tron 3 plans, as it's reported all over the place. Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Men Tale No Tales director Joachim Roning is in the talks to helm the next assignment, which is titled Tron Ares, A-R-E-S is the name of the movie, the working title. And Leto attached as the lead, so he looks like he wants to be in it. According to the report, Tron Ares is considered by Disney to be a sequel to Tron Legacy, which is also a sequel to the first Tron, instead of a franchise reboot. Good, I vote for that. The movie is currently assembling a crew with a plan for production to begin in August of 2023 based on a script by Jesse Wigatow. Disney has been trying to make Tron 3 happen since before Tron Legacy even uh, debuted in theaters. They've been trying to get Tron 3 off the ground for a long time. Writers were originally hired in April 2010, eight months before the franchise restarter debuted. Tron 3 cycled through several writers from this point. And tried to get it off. It just goes through a lot of stuff here that just gets too detailed or whatever. But uh, it looks like it's on its way and out of the development stage and actually on its way to being made. I'll, and I've, I've said this before. I'll reiterate it now. Blade Runner and Tron, 
They both came out same year, back in the 80s, 1982. They were two very, 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 very different science fiction movies types. And not a lot of people got them when they came out. I don't, they didn't really get it. You know, they were over the, over your head stories, you know. They weren't Star Wars. It wasn't Star Trek. It was something completely different. I always compared Tron with Blade Runner because they have similar histories. They came out, they flopped when they came out. Over the years, they both had cult following buildup. Now everyone has seen Tron and Blade Runner. And something even in the future they have something in common. They both finally got a sequel. Mm-hmm. Tron Legacy got a sequel. Tron got Tron Legacy. Blade Runner 2049 was the sequel to Blade Runner. And again, I think it's proof that both the movies are still just kind of cult classics because I don't think neither one of their sequels did that well either in the theater. Financially they didn't. I don't think they flopped and laid an egg, but Film-wise, they were both fantastic. I think I enjoyed Blade Runner 2049 more than Tron Legacy. Tron Legacy had a lot. It, it, you know, it just didn't do it for me. It was okay. That's how I felt the but, first time I watched it. But then when I was on the Tronologically Speaking podcast, where they're right. breaking the Tron down, he convinced me, he goes, go back and rewatch it, but don't go back and rewatch it with your love of Tron. Right. Like this this mythic thing as being a fan of the first movie. Exactly. Which is hard to do, by the, the way. watched the movie for the movie itself. It was so much better the second time I watched it. Well, watching watching Tron Legacy, I got the idea that uh, I was I was longing, and I was thinking about the first film. I, I, and still to this day, when I see scenes where they're actually in the computer world in Tron Legacy, to me, it doesn't look like they're somewhere different. It looks like they're on another planet or something. When you, when you watch the original Tron and they're inside the computer, it has that look of being inside a computer. And that was the first film. This one was supposed to take it well, to that another was journey. We had Atari graphics. Now no, everything looks no, but, so much better. But I'm not, well, I'm not talking about the gra- graphics quality. <laughs> no, no, I'm just I mean, talking how it the looks. The world of the yeah. computer has evolved. Right. Too. And I see, your, I see your point there, but I couldn't get over the point to where I'm like, oh, I just, it looks good, but it just doesn't, I can't buy no. the fact that they're inside a computer, but I, I know they are, but it's whatever. That's, uh, I was thinking that. If you it haven't rewatched great. it recently, try, rewatch it. The plot line, the, the the subterfuge, the the scene in the bar where the guy is like going, "We're right. going to take you now." It's right, and it's, he's like pretending to golf. I'm like, "Oh, it's, it's very crazy. hard to see Flynn turn into a bad guy, though." That's because I'm a like, "Wait, harder. he was such a good guy, even when he was in the computer in Tron. Flynn was such a a, right. a, a righteous guy, and it was great because he's mad his technology was being stolen by David Warren." It was a strange that at the end we're like, "Okay, it's, so now we're going to take." We'll, a we'll be back. It's BK on there. Not every great movie or great arcade game makes a great home video game. That's why when Mattel Electronics turned Tron into Tron Home Video Games, we made sure the excitement of Tron gameplay found its way into your home. You'll know it the moment you square off against a recognizer, if you last that long. Four great Tron games, two for Intellivision, two for Atari 2600. From Mattel Electronics, games as good as we say they are, maybe better. Do you have feelings of inadequacy? Do you suffer from shyness? Do you sometimes wish you were more assertive? If you answered yes to any of these questions, ask your doctor or pharmacist about tequila. Tequila is the safe, natural way to feel better and more confident about yourself and your actions. Tequila can help ease you out of your shyness and let you tell the world that you're ready and willing to do just about anything. You'll notice the benefits of tequila almost immediately and with a regimen of regular 
smaller doses, you can overcome any obstacles that prevent you from living the life you want to live. Shyness and awkwardness will be a thing of the past, and you'll discover many talents you never knew you had. Stop hiding and start living with tequila. Tequila may not be right for everyone. Women who are pregnant or nursing should not use tequila. However, women who wouldn't mind nursing or becoming pregnant are encouraged to try it. Side effects may include dizziness, nausea, vomiting, incarceration, erotic lustfulness, loss of motor control, loss of clothing, loss of money, loss of virginity, delusions of grandeur, table dancing, headache, dehydration, dry mouth, and a desire to sing karaoke and play all night rounds of strip poker, truth or dare, and naked twister. Warning, the consumption of alcohol may make you think you're whispering when you're not. Is a major factor in dancing like a retard. May cause you to tell your friends over and over again that you're in love with them. Also may cause you to think you can sing. Alcohol may lead you to believe that ex-lovers are really dying for you to telephone them at four in the morning. Alcohol may make you think you can logically converse with members of the opposite sex without spitting. It may create the illusion that you are tougher, smarter, faster, and better looking than most people. And it may lead you to think people are laughing with you. Alcohol may cause pregnancy. And it also may be a major factor in getting your ass kicked. So what are you waiting for? Stop hiding and start living with tequila. Did a bomb go off in you? Sort of. You can handle it. Oh, you bet we can. Listen, Travis and I got everything under control. Well, I better get on the air. Who knows? Uh, somebody might be listening. That could be. We're back. It's BK on the air here, cruising right along, having to delay, you know, a few things because we're taking calls and doing things. But I don't really have a strenuous uh, schedule on this show. I can, I can adapt. I can go with the flow. I can endeavor to persevere, as he <laughs> says in the Outlaw Josie Wales. I can always do that. But it is that time. We're going to go ahead and do it now because we put it off. It's time that we flash the audience of the news, the weird, the strange, and the bizarre. And look at this. I have the first news from UPI. Rangers at a national park in Queensland, Australia, found a massive 5.9-pound something that they said might be the largest ever on record. Wait a minute. It's in Australia. What do you think it is? Is this a frog? I saw a video somewhere. It's a cane toad. A toad. It's a frog. I saw it. I was like, there's no way this is real. It showed a picture of him holding it. And if you look it up on the internet, just look up a 5.9 pound cane toad and you can see it on the internet just to see how big it is. It is unnaturally huge. The Queensland Department of Environmental and Science said it posted it on their website conway national park rangers stopped their vehicle for a snake crossing the road near arline beach and spotted a monster cane toad nearby now i don't know if the snake was going after it or it was running away Probably from the, the toad way. i don't That's know so funny the rangers nicknamed their discovery toadzilla <laughs> and removed it from the park due to the danger it could pose to the environment. Quote, a cane toad that size will eat anything it can fit in its mouth. That includes insects, reptiles, and small mammals, they said, unquote. Now, to me, the the, 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 the fact that a toad will eat a small mammal, that just doesn't make that. I don't even register that. I don't right. think frogs, I don't see frogs I in that light. flies. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> wow. She said the toad believed to be a female weighed 5.9 pounds, which could be a new record for that species of Maybe cane toad. 
I like Toadzilla. That just that just works. <laughs> but the other one works too. I was going to stay away from it. Did you see the, the when you watch the dinosaur um, specials on the Discovery Channel when they would show the older the old species that that evolved into other things? There were giant like salamander sized creatures back in the, in prehistoric days, where they were they were like 12, 15 feet long, and you know, and they would pop out of the water and eat like animals. I'm like, wait, it's a salamander thing tadpole type things they're not supposed to eat stuff like that but they're huge as a crocodile right i'm like they would i guess they would eat anything because you don't think of that type of creature being like that you're hungry you're big you gotta 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 stay fed you just described me (laughs) well then on that note i've got the next news well not anything i won't eat anything doesn't look like a lot i'll eat a lot (laughs) all right uh, from upi an ohio dog named spike has been certified as the oldest dog living by Guinness World Records after reaching 23 years, 43 days. Yep, that's like that. twice as long as most dogs. Yeah, that's that, awesome, and that's a that's a long life for a, the a record-keeping dog. organization. Said Spike, the nine-inch tall Chihuahua. It's always smaller dogs. It is. Too it's always it's a smaller easier dogs. for their yep. systems to survive that long. Uh, Chihuahua was certified as the oldest dog living back on December the seventh. Rita Kimball, Spike's owner, said that she and her family owned the canine. Or, excuse me, found the canine in the parking lot of a Camden grocery store 13 years ago. Kimball decided to bring the dog home to her small farm where no, where he immediately fit in. She dubbed him Spike. Kimball took Spike to a veterinarian who determined the, came, the canine's likely birthday as November 10, 1999. Kimball said she was watching The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon one night when she learned about the former oldest living dog, Pebbles, and realized Spike was actually older. And on top of everything else, it was a, they found it. It wasn't one they bought. They found the dog and rescued the dog. We yes. just love anytime you notice. You may notice a trend. I, I try to sneak in dog stories every chance Nothing we get. Nothing wrong with that. Because we love them dogs. Because we have a few. I got the next news. Also from UPI, a 13-year-old Maine boy has broke a Guinness record. Cooper Wright of Cumberland Center said that he has been building with Lego bricks since he was three or four years old and received the Lego Death Star from Star Wars as a Christmas gift. Wright says uh, he decided to attempt the Lego world map for a Guinness world record. That's right. A Lego world map is what it is. The time for him to beat was 12 hours assembling this Lego of a map of the world. Wright said that he feared his attempt could be in jeopardy when the table collapsed partway through the build, sending bowls of Lego pieces crashing to the floor. That was heartbreaking. But he finished with a time of 9 hours and 14 minutes and 49 seconds, enough to officially earn the world record of making that Lego map of the world out of Legos. Again, that's fun to build one, but the time limit is what's amazing. I can't even wrap my mind around that. Here, I could never build use, your Lego build. project. Here's the here's your instructions. It'll take you twelve hours. Yeah. No. But you got to do it under <laughs> this. It so. looks like a textbook. <laughs> hey, I, I was always amazed at people with uh, Legos as a kid. Legos were I could do a little bit with them, but the erector sets that they built, erector sets and things like that, I I couldn't do it. I, I, my level was Lincoln Logs. <laughs> that's that's my level of. Now I will tell you, I did get to the point where I could build and rebuild the same like spaceship, starship, Lego stuff that I didn't need the instructions. But that first After time always yeah. took me so long to yeah. try to watch. Like, where's that piece? And I gotta find the piece that matches within the drawing. Well, with good reason. Who knew you know, I was learning how to do IKEA later. In you life. know what? <laughs> yeah, playing Tetris. You know what? The biggest one of the biggest popular Legos right now is is all the Harry Potter stuff. 
Harry Potter's big Lego stuff. Harry really? Potter, yeah. Because I haven't uh, had to buy Legos in so long. Stacy's doing it for her uh, her classroom. They're building a Lego uh, Harry Potter castle. We've got the Lego figures and stuff. They're hmm. really taking it to another Lego level. Yeah. Is there any pain more painful than finding an errant Lego with a barefoot? <laughs> Probably not. Oh, well, I'll tell you what's close is is a is a is a sharp dog bone that he's been that, chewing on. That's happening. That's to pretty me too. bad too. Or any dog right, toy. I've got the next news. All right. Experts have disagreed on the validity of the notion that cheese can lead to bad dreams. <laughs> I didn't hear this. I didn't Back either. in 2005, a survey by now defunct British Cheese Board uh, determined that eating blue cheese caused vivid dreams. The BBC also reports a 2015 study found that only 17% of people said that their dreams seemed to be influenced by what they ate. But Tor Nielsen professor of psychiatry at the University of Montreal and director of its Dream and Nightmare Laboratory said dairy products were the foods most frequently reported as causing disturbing <laughs> dreams. Wow. wow. Sleep junkies say that uh, that's what they want to find out. Participants will be paid $1,000 each and also be reimbursed for the cost of the cheese, but don't go ordering any Puel or Wyke Farms cheddar just yet. Sleep Junkie will send you the list of cheeses to try. They'll cover a wide range from blue to hard, soft, ripened, and processed, wow. plus vegan as well as lactose-free cheese. The company says you must be at least 21 years old to participate, own a smartwatch or fitness tracker that tracks your sleep, have a consistent sleep schedule, and be free of sleep issues and <laughs> free of dairy intolerances. If you think you should qualify for this study, go to sleepjunkie.com. Sleepjunkie.com. And you have to sleep alone, too, by the way. You can't be with anybody on that. Why? Oh, no, it just says it right here. Alas, you'll also have to sleep alone. Is that because of the cheese? I don't know. (laughs) Maybe because of the effect of it. I don't know. There's a whole Gomer Pyle episode of him eating Welsh rarebit and how it gives him bad dreams. They did that. I I don't think anything I eat has ever affected my dreams. What I eat before bed, and you're not supposed to eat before bed anyway because it's very bad for you. I think it's affected me sleeping because I'd have to get up and go visit a room that's in the middle of the night. That would affect my sleep, but never the dreams, I don't think. Right. But I'll tell you what does affect my dreams. I haven't tried it in a while, but I used to fall asleep with the television on. And if the volume was up long enough or loud enough, I, I would dream. It, it would link up sometimes with what was on television, and I would have kind of a lucid in and out of sleep dream about what was going on on the television yep. and that's that's weird and I, that I never had i never fell asleep during a horror film thank goodness it was yeah. always just during some show or i never fell asleep during a i don't know let's just say a a, a certain rated type movie i never slept, fell asleep during one of those either so don't even know if i want to try don't even want to try that experiment so. put it on a loop <laughs> right so i got one more news flash but i'm not going to be able to time i'm not going to be able to time to do it it involves a uh a driver in Germany. Well, let's do the addendum, addendum version here. A driver in Germany has his license taken away after he appears to have fallen asleep behind the wheel of his Tesla, which was on autopilot and led police on a chase. Officers attempted to stop the Tesla, but the vehicle did not pull over. The uh, he was moving around 70 miles an hour and did not slow down or speed up during the attempted. Well, of course, the speed was locked. Well, yeah. The Tesla kept the same distance from the patrol car in front, of course, as they traveled down the autobahn in Germany. Officers pulled up next to the Tesla driver window and noticed that the driver 
only identified as a 45-year-old male, reclined in his seat with his eyes closed and his hands off the steering wheel. See, we knew that all this was going to happen this down the road. This is coming, folks, whether you like it or not. The driver eventually woke up after 15 minutes into the pursuit and followed police instructions to pull over. Police also believed that the driver was under the influence of drugs. Uh. Uh-oh. Further That's investigation revealed that the driver had placed a so-called steering wheel weight on the footwell of the car's driver's side. So there you go. I was able to sneak it in. So there you no, go. No, wait. He wasn't even in the driver's seat. He was reclined in I the other seat. I guess so. He wasn't even. Yeah, I guess he was in the passenger side asleep. So Okay, that that's, takes it to a new level. That's, that's trust. Ultimate trust of, that's of trust. AI. Because, uh, I want to get there, though. We've yeah. talked about this. I, I get it. Local sure. like street driving. I'm probably still going to want to have my hands on the wheel. Right. And I but like drive. I, I like to drive. We, uh, Nothing wrong with it. But, I, think I mean, if fine. we're going to, let's say, Florida, and you're going to be on the interstate for like six hours. Or cross country or something, and I, yeah. And why would I not have the option? I mean, I, fine. I'll stay behind the driver's seat. Fine. Uh, I yeah. need to be there to react. But, hey, let me watch a movie, and I'll let the car do the driving. It's going to keep the right, right. distance. It's going to stay between you the lanes. You might want to make a cup of coffee. While you're driving, you know, you don't want to have to drive. You I might have to have get a out a jug coffee. and relieve myself of that coffee, or and I don't want to pull over. <laughs> yeah, because you got to make time. So and now pe- I don't have to do that. I can, pe- I can take my hand people, off the wheel. People that poo-poo that automated driving Tesla, just remember, folks, you've been trusting yourself to an AI computer autopilot on an airliner for years. Right. It's been around for a long By time. Way, it's not just Tesla. Have you not seen all the new sport utility vehicles? There's a whole thing where they use Queen's We Will Rock You, and they're all Sure, like, yeah. And you see the driver taking his hands off and yeah. clapping because the car's going to drive itself. And my, so my, uh, my SUV is a 2017 model, and it has what's called driver assist, meaning if I get it, I can turn it off if I want some. I usually do. If I get out of the lane, It'll nudge back in the lane by itself because it's reading the lines yep. out there. So we, we don't even have to worry about what the speed limit is. Cameras now show the speed limit signs on the road and project it, project it on your display. Anyway. So there you go. Come on. I mean, embrace some of it. Question some of it. You can fight it if you want, but you don't have to fight everything. I tried that. It never works. You always lose <laughs> when it comes don't to fight. fight don't fight technology because it's always going to win. It's BK on the air. It's Linky, it's Linky, for fun it's a wonderful toy. What walks downstairs, a loner in pairs, and makes a slinkity sound. A spring, a spring, a marvelous thing, everyone knows. It's Linky, it's Linky, it's Linky, for fun it's a wonderful toy. It's fun for a girl and a boy, it's fun for a girl and a boy. Get a Slinky in a size and color you like, in metal or plastic. Uh, better. <laughs> What was that? Butter. <laughs> parquet margarine. Butter. <laughs> no, parquet. It says right on your lid, parquet margarine. Butter. <laughs> parquet. <laughs> Smooth, delicious. <laughs> butter. Parquet. Oh, yeah. Parquet margarine from Kraft. The flavor says butter. Remember... If for any reason you must leave your radio, please have the man at the door stamp your ear so you can listen again later. Hey, look out. We're back. Keep your head down. It's BK on the air. I'm on the air again. Second, final hour of the show. Alan Sanders is in here with me. Hopefully he's having as a good time as I am. Oh, always. You got a little good news on the phone. You don't have to leave as early today as you thought. So that's good. You can hang out and have a good time for another, uh, I don't know, the right about an hour off. or so. The pressure's off. Let's do a little on this day in history. Today is January the 24th. Uh, January 21st. Sorry. Why did I see a four there? I need to put my glasses on. January the 21st. 
let's do let's do this again so I'll be easy to edit in the podcast. Let's do on this day in history. It's January twenty first. <laughs> It's going to be awesome. funny because the music was playing the last yeah, time. Yeah, there'll have to be some kind of crossfade thing going there if I make it work. Where'd but I think I can go? make it work. Where'd the voice go? What's Ni- going on? 1903, Harry Houdini escapes from a police station in Amsterdam. Well, what's wrong? Did you not see that coming? You not see that coming? Well, maybe it was early Can't in see his him. career. Yeah, I don't know if it was before his feats or after. Uh, 1971, a show premiered on this day that my oh, dad... after. Well, yeah, my dad used to watch this show. I remember it, but it didn't last long, I don't think, or maybe it did. There was a, I don't know if Alan remembers it, uh, Alias Smith & Jones was a show. I think it was a kind of a westernish type show on ABC TV. It premiered on this day in history. My dad watched it. That's why I included it in there, because I remember it. 1973, what was number one at the box office on this day in 1973? 50 years ago, mm. 1973. It's a little movie about a little ship that capsizes on New Year's Eve. What could, Let me think. Oh, what would it be? A ship. Uh, Leslie Nielsen is the captain. Uh, it capsizes. It's New Year's Eve. What movie would that, would be? that be? Irwin the Allen. Poseidon Adventure? Oh, yeah. Well, I think you got it. Yeah, the Poseidon Adventure. To me, that's my favorite. The Titanic? No. That's my favorite uh, Irwin Allen movie is the Poseidon Adventure. I saw that as a kid, and that movie s- stayed with me for years and i love that movie a lot of people watch it on new year's eve and i do it every now and then but it's 50 years ago 1973 1976 on this day in history the supersonic jet concord made its first commercial flight on this day on the bicentennial for us in america 1976 i always thought it was later than that i don't know why some of these dates i'm like i thought it was earlier or before or, or later 1978 there's a song that goes to number one on this day in 1978, and it stays there for 24 weeks at number one. Wow. 1978. So, who was big in 1978? Was it an individual, or was it a group, maybe, well, in 78? was big in 78. Abba was big. The Bee Gees were big Gees in 1978. Big. Uh, uh, Peter else? Frampton had a lot of hits. I don't know if he had one that went but to number one. for 20 weeks, one. it's going to have to be a— 24 good, weeks. It's going to have to cut across uh, more genres than, than just I rock. will give you a hint, and it'll give it away. Um, it's from the soundtrack Saturday Night Fever with John Travolta. Mm-hmm. So maybe it might mean it's the Bee Gees. It would have to be, wouldn't it? <laughs> Well, it's the album. Yeah, I, I said song, but I meant album. The album Saturday Night Fever goes to number one. It stays there for 24 weeks. Not and bad. hey, all the songs they did on the album were probably <laughs> big hits. They were big hits, too. 1979. This was interesting because either I knew this and forgot it or just didn't know it at all. In 1979, on this day in history, January 21st, uh, Neptune in our solar system becomes the outermost planet in 1979, not Pluto. Right. And like Pluto moves closer, and I think was it for a while they kind of switched or every other so depending on their their elliptical orbit that they do because mm-hmm. you know for years you're like Pluto's the furthest one out there. Pluto's our furthest planet, but in '79 I guess it was the first time that we either discovered or due to its orbit it came in or came, went out and was the most uh, right. most distant planet from our sun, Neptune. Today, 1983, 40 years ago, what do you think was number one on the Billboard? 40 years ago. See, you and I can remember, you can remember 83, I think, a little better than 73, which is 50. 1983. Was it still Hall and Oates? Not Hall and Oates. It's a different song now. We've okay. gone into a different song for number one. It's from a group from Australia. Oh. Yeah, well, that's, that should tell you. <clears throat> no, or ACDC, but no, okay. it's not them. <laughs> so, but yeah, um, but it is. It's a Men at Work song. But what Men at Work song was number one? 83 is going to have to be... 
uh, men, uh, down under, land down under. That's it. That's where they're from, mm-hmm. down under. That's the first time I ever learned. Well, I didn't learn, but I had to go find out what it meant. Because in the song, they mention a Vegemite sandwich. <laughs> I'm like, yep. what is that? I, I live in Alabama, right. in America. I don't know what a Vegemite sandwich is, but a, a little due diligence on my part. I, I, I searched around and whatnot. And back Did then, you Google it? No. I libraried it. <laughs> <laughs> I had a friend from Australia. I'm like, what is a Vegemite sandwich? No, a Vegemite sandwich is a sandwich. A Vegemite is a, some sort of derivative from seaweed. It's a spread. It's what it is. Yeah. So I'm like, okay. And they say, and here, this is a great clue to, to it's not very good. They say it's an acquired taste. I'm like, to me, when you say something's an acquired taste, it tastes terrible. <laughs> if I have to learn or force myself to like something, I don't know that I want to do that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Now, it's different de- de- developing different taste buds in a, as an adult as opposed to being a child. That's different. But if you have to acquire a taste for something, I don't know if I want to work that hard at it. You know, <laughs> don't want to work that. Yeah, hard. I don't. I mean, if, if I don't like it, I don't like it. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't. I can't handle cilantro. Don't like cilantro. Don't like green peppers. I don't like Ooh. raw tomatoes. Mm-hmm. There's some things I've never developed a taste for. Mm-hmm. But I like cooking, you know, take tomatoes and cook them, turn them into marinara sauce or fried fried green ones. I'm there. you got to make them unhealthy <laughs> for me to like them. I don't want to like this. Put a little unhealthy stuff on them. What's this good for you and stuff? And I like them. Uh, birthdays today. Uh, today is one of the funniest guys that ever lived's birthday today. My dad thought so. I think so. Alfred Hawthorne Hill is bir- his birthday today. Oh. Better Benny. known as Benny. Yeah, Benny Hill, British comedian, uh, Benny Hill Show. Uh, I was watching a movie, partly a, a part of a movie last night that Michael Caine is in called The Italian Job. Now, yeah, I think they remade it into a, a, a newer film yeah, in the with 2000s. Mark yeah, well, the original was Michael Caine, and Benny Hill is in that. I, I, the only two movies I really know Benny Hill from is The Italian Job and Chitty Chitty Bang Bang is the toy maker. <laughs> that's the only two big movies. I know he probably did more, but that's really the only ones that I know him from. And hey, uh, today, today, Wolfman Jack's birthday. Robert Weston, he was born Robert Weston, Weston Smith. Robert Weston Smith, Wolfman Jack, American disc jockey. Uh, he, he sometime hosted the Midnight Special on television. That's the show I was telling you about before MTV, when rock stars would show up on television and they aired it late at night, I think on the Fridays or Saturdays. You know, here's a, here's Peter Frampton, or here's a, here's a Hall and Oates. You know, it's just the only way you could tell. And they're always live on there. They did their things live on the Midnight Special, and that's how I learned how some people, some of the groups looked mm-hmm. back in the day. We didn't just couldn't turn on MTV and see how our, our singers looked after a while. Remember the that really, really bad Galactica 80? What is it called? Galactica, Galactica 1980, yeah. Right. The sequel show to Battlestar Galactica. Remember the episode where they bring Wolfman Jack to the yes. studio? And I'm trying like, to forget it. And it's like all working on like, <laughs> and he goes, he goes, you're not live? Like, no, a computer do all this. He's like, <laughs> right. And all the little blinky lights are in the background. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Not, that was terrible. Not one of the best thing, sequel television shows ever. Uh, today is Billy Ocean's birthday, singer, uh, Caribbean queen, get out of my dreams, get into my car. You know, he had a lot of hits. That, I, I, that was my last how I got Mrs. BK. I told her, I said, hey, get out of my dreams, get into my car. I wound up Did marrying her. Well, yeah, I married her. I married her. And today, today is Gina Davis's birthday, American actress, Beetlejuice, The Fly. Uh, didn't she have a show where she played the president on television or the vice president or something? Familiar. I can't remember what it is. Speaking of there, I'll tell you what national day it is, too, when we come back. For some reason or another, you sound a little taller on radio. <laughs> America, you don't have to run out of milk. If it's not around the house, 
It's just around the corner. Having a 7-Eleven store in the neighborhood is just like having your own refrigerator full up with cold, fresh milk. Right on the price, right around the corner, right there where you need it. Oh, thank heaven for 7-Eleven, your neighborhood dairy store. If it's not around the house, it's just around the corner at your 7-Eleven store. Ready. The Battle of Galactica has begun. Where are the humans? They are on the Universal Studios tour at the collapsing bridge and suspect nothing. We will capture them. In the doomed glacier expedition. We will torture them. At the shark. We will annihilate them. They are here. The Battle of Galactica has begun. At the Universal Studios tour. Those are not the sounds I am seeking. We're back. It's BK on the air. Let's go to uh, it's January 21st. Let's finish it up and tell you what national day it is on January the 24, 21st. Why do I want to keep saying 24? What is wrong with me? Am Wait I, a minute. Am That's I a having, long, long am, narrow, narrow that question. I was, didn't mean for that question to be answered. Not on the air anyway. Why do I smell almonds and, and smoke right now? Uh, what is it you're supposed to smell? <laughs> Why is my right arm feeling smell, weird? I smell burnt. Burnt almonds. Burnt almonds, that's it. Uh, today is National Hugging Day. Well, I took care of that with you this morning when I came into the... Uh, to the. Oh, sorry. I mean, say that on the air. And along with that, it coincides with today is National Hug Your Puppy Day. Well, that's every day. I don't celebrate that on just one day a year. If you own a puppy or have a dog of any kind, you should hug... Well, some, some of them don't like being hugged and arms going around them, but mine does. So show affection to your puppy whatever way you can every day. I do. And today is a day that my wife will never, ever celebrate on any day, no matter what it is. Even though it's officially the day today, she'll never celebrate it. It's National Squirrel Appreciation Day today. What? She hates squirrels? Yeah, because squirrels did something to us that we'll never forgive them for. They, They actually chewed the wires on a power pole down at the street level down from our home and caused the ground... To, to, to short out, the resulting feedback to our house fried almost everything we had except the things we didn't have plugged into a power surge protector. Ugh. And some of them, it went through the power surge protector. So only power surge protectors only protect you so so much. You oh, know? Yeah. A lightning strike will usually get through one of those. It'll it'll fry it, the, sou- not, the surge I protector. Love, when I used to sell electronics, <laughs> people were like, my house got struck by lightning and your surge protector. I'm like, it's against a surge, not a lightning strike. Yeah, lightning strike. Surge is like when yeah. the power cuts off, it comes immediately right back on. You get right. a little spike of electricity. Right. You're not getting you know, you know, a million volts of electricity. You know how you can protect your house from a lightning strike power surge protector? Don't have power. No, but yeah, <laughs> Live like Little House on the Prairie. You'll never... You might, your, 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 your house may get struck by lightning. That's different. But Or you may become the Flash. You may become a superhero. Who knows? Or just die like I would. So, that would be uh, us. Yeah. Did you know the only thing that was left working at my house after that surge happened was back? It was back in the day where we still had alarm clocks on our on our nightstands. We had one alarm clock and one uh, portable fan that didn't. The most useless, the ones that I wouldn't have cared got fried. Right. Didn't get fried. So, and that was terrible. I mean, it was it was it was a horrible thing. So she blames squirrels for that and wants every squirrel to die. Remember that fire ant commercial? All fire ants should die. Well, with her, it's squirrels. <laughs> she doesn't. 
she doesn't like squirrels at all. So, uh, hey, when I talk about her and her hatred for squirrels, I'll tell you something that she loved that's no longer with us. That's uh, that some I had to I had to break the news to her uh, last night about this. Something from the past that my wife absolutely loves is actually coming back, and she's very very happy about it. Steak and Ale welcomes you back to the old country inn. Come sup with us at Steak and Ale, we're hearty dining about. This takes me back to the old days, a place to relax and enjoy a good hearty meal. Like this Kensington Club. The Kensington Club is a sirloin steak, marinated to taste. Lovingly grilled for just the right time, it even compares with our ribs in their prime. Come join us, it'll be like old times. Come sup with us at Steak and Ale. Steak and Ale. I got a story here, and this is all over the place. Even, there's even an entire Facebook page uh, devoted to the return of Steak and Ale. But this particular uh, thing comes from restaurantbusinessonline.com. Fourteen years after disappearing, Steak and Ale is set to return. The casual dining trailblazer known for its two-door style decor and affordable steaks is coming out of retirement. Yeah, when I go there, you'd, you'd see cat of nine tails and swords and shields on the wall. All the waitresses were served up, uh, were dressed like uh, winches from medieval times, and, and the, some of the beef eater guys <laughs> were dressed up in there. It was really like stepping into an old tavern back in, uh, back in medieval England. Later this year, the brand will get its first new location since 2008, when it filed for Chapter 7 bankruptcy and abruptly closed all 58 of its remaining restaurants at the time, Kansas-based Endeavor Properties will open the new steak and ale in Minneapolis suburb of Burnsville, part of a 15-unit area development agreement announced last week. It caps a seven-year journey for steak and ale that began when it acquired, it was acquired by 20, in 2015 by Paul and Gwen Malgamil, I think is how you say their name, along with the Irish-themed bar and grill chain Vinnigan's. Now, the Malgamil's legendary restaurant brand set out to revive both concepts, each which were casual dining pioneers created by Norman Brinker that went bankrupt in 20, uh, 2008. Under Legendary's ownership, Bennigan's was uh, back in gear in 2018. You remember Bennigan's, mm-hmm. right? There was another um, chain, but it wasn't quite like Steak and Ale. But it has taken longer to update the 56-year-old steak and ale for the 21st century and uh, find the right franchise partner to reintroduce it. That was what was keeping them. Quote, we wanted to keep the same vibe, the same ambience, the same energy, Paul Magnamil said in an interview. It was hard to replicate it and still keep the integrity of the brand sound, unquote. Now, meanwhile, people's emotional connection to the brand, my wife included, remained intact he said, pointing to the 50,000-member Facebook account devoted to its comeback. And then the, the, the member count is rising even. And he believes the pandemic created opportunity for a polished, value-focused chain with a legacy. So, hence, steak and ale coming back like a, like a mummy resurrected. <laughs> Here it comes. And I love steak and ale. They had a steak. What was the steak I liked at steak and ale? It was called the Black Cracked Pepper Steak. Hmm. And it was it was seasoned. It was, they had their own seasoning on it, but they add, I guess, their own mixture or their own quantity or their own whatever of black uh, cracked black pepper, which was just at the right amount. It came with a big, nice baked potato and uh, and sides and stuff. And I remember that well. I remember, remember my nephew. I got to eat at the last one. The last one locally, I think, to us located here in the Atlanta metro area, a suburb, was down at I two eighty five and. Um, Cobb Parkway near Cumberland Mall. You know where I'm talking about. Exactly. There used to be one right there near that intersection, huh. uh, and that's the one I, I ate at last. I remember the ads in Detroit, but I don't think we've ever been to one. you never eaten at a steak and ale? No, but I re- as soon as you played the ad, I was like, oh, I, I now, remember it. 
I don't know if they're going to be like the old. Sometimes when they redo and these places come back, they aren't really like the old place. I, I know now that uh, Del Taco's been back for a while. Remember, it went completely under, and then they brought Del Taco back, new logo, new this, new that. But it's nothing like the old Del Taco. I don't think it tastes like it or it is like it. Uh, and I'm not bad-mouthing these places. I'm just saying they're not like they used to be, whether they be good or bad now. I'm not saying. See, Little Caesars Pizza. I used to like, I love Little Caesars Pizza. It was the rectangular-shaped pizza. I always liked how it tastes. Well, Little Caesars has been back for a while, but I think it was just somebody else bought the name, and now they're just making, you know, low-priced pizzas for people that don't really knock my, they don't knock, they don't knock my socks off anymore. Hmm. I mean, but they're using the brand. Pizza, my, pizza. My dad, <laughs> they still use him, though, right? Yeah. My dad said that about watches, watch brands that you wear on your wrist, wrist watches. Uh, you can buy cheapo watches now with names on them, from way back that are tried and true names and were great at the time they were out back in the old days. Uh, names like Benris and West Clock, some of these older watchmaker names. Now they just, they're gone. They've been out of business for years, but they take those logos and names from the old days and slap them on these $9 watches that they sell in department stores. Mm. And they're not them. People think they are. Oh, look, there's a Benris watch. I used to own one of them. I think I'll buy it. What a great price. $9. That's the same price it was, was in 1955. Well, so, but it's wow, not, that's amazing. It's not the Benris watch. <laughs> It's like they never went up now, in price. Timex is still Timex, believe it or not. Timex still manufactures their watches, and they own them, and they're still like, you know, f- f- fairly modestly priced, but they're still not $9. They're like the, one of the lowest-priced Timex watches, I think, is like $39, $40, $50, bucks, and they still are well-made from what I understand. So Takes a licking? Keeps on a ticking. I don't wear a watch much anymore. You know when I wear a watch now? My watch is like an accessory. If I'm going out, it's like jewelry. yeah, it's like jewelry. If I'm if I'm if we're going to like the um, I don't know the Gabby Awards for the Georgia Association of Broadcasters or or some award show that we get to go to <laughs> by some fluke, I don't know how we get to go, but um, I'll you know dress up in a suit or dress up, but I'll put a watch on just to kind of help help uh, accessorize. I have an old I have an old uh, watch that I've had for 35 years. It's a Timex and it runs off a of battery, but it still works. Silver silver bracelet. Um, band and it works i'm that's the watch that i'm just going to keep go how long is this watch going to last because it's still running smooth and great for the last 30 35 years now i have one i have a watch that you wind up still i actually bought a watch pretty nice one from uh it's like an israeli made watch and it's really nice and it's a uh it's a nice watch that you never needs a battery it's a wind up watch and everybody's like and the kids are like what mm. it's a wind i'm like yeah you wind it you know, just Wait, keep it wound it up, up and it's okay don't overwind it. You'll break the spring. Uh, yeah. I got rid of watches <laughs> so many years ago, but then last year I got the uh, Apple Watch from my daughter and future son-in-law. Yes. And I love wearing it, but not because I need it to tell me the time. You need it, it to tell you of, everything else to it's do. It's like my cell phone. I don't have a cell phone to <laughs> right. call anybody. Right. But it exactly. does everything else I want it to do. Yeah, I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I'm gonna get one of those watches because I have enough people in my life telling me what to do already. So I, I don't think I don't need another well, thing not, screaming at it's me. Not telling me, but to it's tell nice. me to do something. What's nice is I can look down if a, if, if a phone call is coming in, and it will tell me right I've, there spam. I just hit end, and it will stop. The see, phone she, I don't even have to go get the she, phone. She wanted me to what, the Fitbit things. She 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 had a she's got a newer one, but she wanted. She goes, you can have my old Fitbit if you want, and I'll I'll have the new one. But you can have my old one. I'm you like, track steps. why? You saw how many steps why? You take. Why? To know. Why? How unhealthy you are. 
Why? <laughs> we could keep going with this because. And I told her, I said, if you give me, she wants you around for a long time. I, well, that's nice, but you know, we Unless all she gets a sudden an insurance policy, and then you start having all, to ask. Some we're questions. all going to die eventually. We're dying right now. But um, I told her, I said, if I had, a, I had a plan. If I had to just wear it, I'm like, I'm putting this Fitbit on my dog and letting her run around the backyard. Then I'll take it back off and I'll put it back on. I had I had it all planned out, but I never had to wear it, so I didn't have to. Uh, I didn't have to instigate that deception, which is good because I might have gotten in trouble if I'd been found. I would have gotten in trouble. What do you mean, might? But let me go over a few things here, kind of going on right now. Did you hear Regal Cinemas is closing 39 more movie theaters? That was unfortunate. That was being reported on uh, GNN or Fox News here at WBHF. Uh, David Crosby passed away from Crosby, Steals, and Nash. What, what, a, what a group they were. What a bunch of hits they had as Crosby. And sometimes Neil Young. Crosby, Steals, Nash, and Young sometimes. And sometimes Young. And actor Julia San- Julian Sands, did you hear about him? He's missing in California mountains hiking. I heard that. Yes, I did and hear that. And they still haven't found him. And I think it's been a long time he's been gone. They found Isn't his car. Isn't that movie coming out? Uh, what, what, what is it? They're, they're, they're thinking an avalanche is keeping them from searching now. They might cause an avalanche, so they're air searching. I hope that turns out all right. Speak down there. You are the new American society, the movers and the shakers. You are the new coffee generation. Because coffee lets you calm yourself down and picks you up. Coffee gives you the serenity to dream it and the vitality to do it. No other drink does that like coffee. Join the coffee achievers. Do your best. Ooh, I love this song. It's out of the blue, the ELO album. Electric Light Orchestra on Jet Records and Tapes. Distributed by CBS Records. That's right. Let's just do it one more time. Jeff Lynn's ELO right there from their latest, his latest album. Uh, from Out of Nowhere, I think is Out of Nowhere is the name of the album. I say latest, but it came out like a couple of years ago. It takes them a few years to do a new album. But I do that because uh, I got a story here. ELO's Jeff Lynn leads in the 2023 Songwriters Hall of Fame inductees, which is kind of cool to hear. It's always nice. We all have our favorite rock groups and groups that we follow. Alan loves Pink Floyd and Rush. You know, I'm a big uh, ELO, Jeff Lynn. Uh, I love the group Yes. I love Steve Miller Band, Jethro Tull. We all have our favorite, like, groups growing up. And we cross, too. We both like uh, Fleetwood Mac and the Eagles. Uh, Stacy, my wife, loves the Eagles. Uh, but it's nice to hear when they're awarded something. Well, uh, ELO's Jeff Lynn. Uh, the uh, artists Sade, Glenn Ballard, Snoop Dogg, Gloria Estevan, Teddy Riley, and Liz Rose lead the inductees for the 2023 Songwriters Hall of Fame. That's the SHOF, which will be held on June 15th at Manhattan's Marriott Marquis Hotel. Now, additional special award nominees will be announced soon as well. Now, just to, t- just to show you how out of tune I am and older I'm getting to sleep. One, two, three... I only know four out of all those names. I'm not familiar with the others at all. I don't know who uh, T- 
Teddy Riley is, and I don't know who Liz Rose or Glenn Ballard are. Nope. Are those ringing a bell for you nope. either? I don't know. Let's give you a little background on Jeff and ELO, probably my favorite band of all time. Jeff Lynn began in the 60s with a group called the Idol Race, and then in the early 70s he joined a group called The Move with his bandmate Roy Wood. And they both then went on to form the Electric Light Orchestra in 1971. Roy Wood moved on after one album of ELO and he was really hit it big in England but he really never made it over here to the United States then between 1975 and 1986 ELO scored 15 top 20 hits all written and produced by Jeff Lynne now over the years he created such ELO classics as you remember too and you'll hear some of the bumpers on my show Evil Woman Showdown Mr. Blue Sky Living Thing Do Ya uh, the song Xanadu from the movie Xanadu, um, Sweet Talking Woman, Telephone Line, Turn to Stone, and one of the biggest hits they ever had in 1979, Don't Bring Me Down. Love that Among song. so many more that he's done. Now, along with the film Xanadu, he contributed songs to the soundtrack of uh, a movie called Electric Dreams and Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves with uh, with Kevin Costner. It's a song called Wild Times. That's, that, that's, that's kind of playing when they're dancing around in the movie where they're kind of happy in the uh, in the uh, Sherwood Forest. You kind of hear a song playing in the background. Well, that's a Jeff Lynne song they did, and it's actually on the soundtrack. The M- Michael Kamen score, which is a great score to the film, too. Michael Kamen was great. He scored Die Hard. And, I, and for years, you couldn't even get the soundtrack to Die Hard, and then they finally released it. Great, great movie score. Now, in addition to co-writing when we was fab with george harrison for his cloud night album which also had that song got my mind set on you which was a a big comeback hit for george that jeff lynn produced and along with all the traveling wilburys tracks that he was involved in including handle with care and into the line jeff lynn collaborated with tom petty on such classics as free falling i won't back down running down a dream and learning to fly and into the great wide open he produced two of tom petty's albums and co-wrote a couple of songs with him as well which were huge hits and they they did you can sometimes hear you can hear a producer's stamp on something if if phil specter produced something in the 60s you could you could tell he produced it if phil collins from genesis produces a song you can tell that he did it if jeff lynn produces something you can tell he's got his stamp on it no matter who the artist is now, other artists Jeff Lynne has produced are Roy Orbison, Dave Edmonds, Brian Wilson from the Beach Boys. He produced one of uh, a song off one of his albums. Joe Walsh from the Eagles. He worked on his Analog Man album. And uh, Regina Spector and Brian Adams. I didn't know he produced, I think, Brian Adams' last uh, two or three songs on Brian's last uh, oh. album, which was kind of cool. Now, in 1994, the three... This is something big. Now, Jeff Lynne was an unapologetic, huge Beatles fan. If you listen to Mr. Blue Sky or some of the ELO songs from ELO, you can tell they found they sound a little Beatles-ish hmm. in their sound. Well, he loved the Beatles. But in 1994, the three surviving Beatles at the time approached Lynn to help them produce the new Beatles material from poorly preserved monotapes containing some unfinished... Uh, John Lennon demos that Yoko Ono had given to them. The resulting songs were Free as a Bird and Real Love. He also produced for the remaining Beatles individually as well on some of their albums. Paul McCartney, Ringo Starr, and George Harrison as well worked with George first and became good friends with him. Jeff Lynn posted a message on his Facebook page which read, I'm very excited about this honor. Songwriting has always been my passion. This, uh, this means so much to me. Thank you, Songwriters Hall of Fame. Now, that's got to be a big... <laughs> that would be like you getting a call, maybe, from 
I don't know, Kenneth Branagh and Alan Rickman saying, you know, Alan, we I can't well, do Alan, this. I need Alan, your... If Alan Rickman's called me, that's going to be a special. Come on, let's okay. use our imagination. Uh, hey, it could be a zombie movie. <laughs> the uh, Kenneth Branagh going, listen, I need... Uh, I hear that you've directed some things and, and you got a radio show and stuff. I need to put together something on radio and stuff because I just need some help with it. Could you help me with it? Well, what would you say if Kenneth Branagh asked you to do that? Yeah, and you I'll, kind of became I'll friends be there with him. Yesterday. How is how cool it was it? And Jeff Lynn couldn't believe it. He goes, I, "I'm producing the Beatles." There's a documentary about making of that Beatles anthology that Jeff helped them do, and he had to take this little cassette recording of John Lennon in front of piano, recording it on an old tape recorder with a microphone. You know how the sound quality was on those. He had to take that song, strip it, remaster it, and get the other Beatles to sing on it with him to come up with these new songs, and they did it. They mixed it together, and like the Beatles were back again, uh, together again with John Lennon and all of them singing again for those two songs. How he he says he goes. I, I was in there on the on the studio board, and they were in there singing like the Beatles. And just for a second, I'm like, I'm producing the Beatles. I can't believe I'm in here. I could just sit here and listen to them talk and not do a bloody thing. Right. I could just listen to them. And then when they got done with the t- music tracks, I'm paraphrasing here. He he said they came into the control room and they're like, Jeff, can you come in and listen to this and tell us if the harmony sounds okay? And he's like, You want me to check it? <laughs> you want you're the Beatles. You want me? Okay, I'll come in to check it. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> He used other expletives that I can't use on the radio, but it was amazing. How cool would that be for that to happen to you? It's just amazing how you get to work with your, your, your people you grew up idolizing or being influenced by. Mm-hmm. And that's what he got to do. Quick rundown of ELO albums. They had 15 studio albums, 7 live albums, and 40 compilation albums. And they had to change their name. Jeff Jeff was in a legal battle over ELO back when they disbanded in 1986. And then one of the the drummer named Bev Bevan, I think, spun off a group called ELO Part 2. And there were some kind of legal issues with the songs and them producing them or, or, or performing them live or something. So now Jeff Lynn changed the name a few years ago from ELO, Electric Light Orchestra, to Jeff Lynn's. ELO possessive so I guess he did that for business reasons same group just kind of a different name and he kind of was ELO anyway he, right. he produced all the songs he wrote he wrote all of them except Roll Over Beethoven that remake was a Chuck Berry song and they remade it and it was a hit for them on the radio in 72 or 73 I mm-hmm. think but uh, yeah he's he was basically it and I think on the last album he did this last album I think that he plays and sings I played a snippet there of the song one more time I think he plays and sings and plays every instrument in, in it due to mixing. He played the talent. drum tracks, he played the guitars, the bass, sang it, and everything, and the harmonies. So there you go. Great honor for them. I'm glad that they're. Uh, I'm glad that they're in there. And I know you had to be happy too, because aren't you happy when a group that you love gets recognized by something? And they haven't been for a while. Mm-hmm. I mean, they went a long time before ELO was in the even in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and they were inducted uh, just uh, two or three years ago. I was very happy to see that, and I was happy to see the group Yes be inducted in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because in the because when the when you get inducted in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, sometimes other people will come that admire you from rock and induct you and speak and probably perform with you mm-hmm. at the end of the show. Well, when Yes was inducted, Rush was on stage with them, Getty Lee and them, because they loved Yes. They were big fans of them. And I think I may have sent you the video of it, of them doing a, a Yes song with them. And it was a great video of seeing uh, Rush and Yes together on stage because they liked them. They wanted to for- perform with them. Mm-hmm. And uh, so Donnie Harrison, George Harrison's son, was with Jeff Lynn uh, in their, at their induction, which was kind of cool. He became real good friends with him. If you've never seen Donnie Harrison... George Harrison's son, he looks exactly like him and sings like, like him. Like it's him. so eerie. It's BK on there. Boy, I wish we could do music. Wouldn't that be nice? 
How about a movie, lovely lady? <laughs> this bar is dark, but with a flick of my beck, I can see you're ahead. Coffee, tea, or a flick of my beck? Flick of the beck, sir? Oh, a flick of the beck, sir? Why just light up when you can flick your Bic? It's smooth, easy on the thumb, and you get thousands of flicks from a single Bic. The Bic Butane. Stop flicking your Bic. I'm running away from home. My parents are mean. Where will you go? Oh, I'm not sure, but I'll show them. That's right. You'll show them how mean you can be. Shipwreck. Isn't it better to try to solve problems instead of running away from them? I could try talking to my parents again. Yeah, tell them how you feel. And remember, running away. Leads nowhere. Now I know. And, and knowing, knowing is half, half the battle. G.I. Joe! Gentlemen, let's broaden our minds. Lawrence? Hey, we're back. It's BK on there. Let's broaden our minds a little bit and talk about uh, something that we both love. Let's talk about <gasps> popcorn. This week, I think it was yesterday, day before yesterday, somewhere, it was National Popcorn Day. And I got this story from Fox News and W. Schmidt. The history of popcorn, I thought I'd just hit on it because it's not today, but it was just a day or two ago or yesterday. According to the Popcorn Board, the oldest known ears of corn that were popped are from about 4,000 years ago and were discovered in current-day New Mexico in 1948 and 1950. I didn't know that. Meanwhile, History.com reported in 2018 that there were traces of popcorn in 1,000-year-old Peruvian tombs. Popcorn's been around, man. That's awesome. It's been around. Popcorn was also significant in the Aztec people for eating, ceremonies, and decorations, according to the Popcorn Board. I didn't even know there was a Popcorn Board. Can I be on that? The snack became a common food in America households by the mid-1800s, according to History.com. Popcorn was popular for late-night snacks by the fire and at picnics, the website reported. In the 1890s, Charles Cretors created the first popcorn popping machine, and by 1900, he created a horse-drawn popcorn wagon, which led to the mass consumption of the snack. Popcorn didn't hit movie theaters until the Great Depression, according to the Smithsonian. In fact, the movie theaters that started selling popcorn were able to survive the, the Great Depression while other movie theaters had to close because of poor sales. And I guess that, to this day, is why the concessions are always higher. They always make more concessions. Well, they started on it from day one. The first microwave popcorn bag was patented by General Mills in 1981. Man, it just feels like it's been around forever, though, right? Microwave popcorn. Well, 81 isn't exactly yesterday. Well, for, for us, you got to first is. invent the microwave. For us, it is, but it just feels like it has been around. Today, Americans consume 15 billion quarts of popcorn per year, according to, again, the Popcorn Board. Of so there all you of go. the snack foods, chips, pretzels, yeah. Yeah. corn chips, oh, all keep the kind of things keep in a bag. Keep talking. Wow. My favorite. If you had if you had to say you can only have one snack food. Popcorn's perfect. It's popcorn. It's pop, it's like one of the most perfect foods ever. And have it whatever way you want. To me there's to me there might be a wrong way of doing it, but there is no wrong way of having popcorn. No. I just mostly like it with uh with a little bit of hot butter on it and salt. My better half loves kettle corn, the sweeter kind, and I'm not really big on that. I'm I don't not, mind It's okay corn. if it's the only one around. I don't but, mind Cracker uh, Jack. I don't yeah. mind caramel corn, cheddar corn. When you're a kid, they call corn. you a Cracker Jack. Did they call you Cracker Jack when you were a kid? No. I didn't get called that either. I wish I had. I got one more story here. Let's get into this uh, while we're ticking up later in the hour here, the 
show's almost over. It goes by so fast. Did you ever shop at Party City for anything? Yeah. Did you ever go to Party no, City? And my wife still does. Well, this move, this uh, story is from USA Today and a lot of other places. Party City files for bankruptcy Uh-oh. as part of the $150 million agreement to restructure business. The company announced the news this past Tuesday. Their company filed for relief in the U.S. bankruptcy court for the Southern District of Texas, the release said. The move move is part of an attempt to restructure and reduce the company's debt. Party City's companies outside the U.S., as well as franchise stores and businesses, are not part of the bankruptcy filing, but are still part of the Party City enterprise, it says. The company currently has more than 800 Party City stores in over 45 states in America throughout the country and also runs a website for online shopping. uh, shopping. Party City CEO Brad Weston said in the release that the pandemic and the global supply chain crisis were factors in the bankruptcy filing. What did I say to you off the air about the the pandemic's going to have repercussions? Mm -hmm. We're still going to feel them for for a long time to come, I think, and this is another one. Quote, as we take this important step to put our business on stronger financial footing for the future, we are committed as ever to inspire joy by making it easy for our customers to create unforgettable memories, he said in the release. So there's another company, Mm. Party City, in financial trouble. I tell you what, they're they're great, you know, for Halloween, for kids and stuff like that. Now, don't expect to go to Party City and just buy a costume if you want like, uh, you know, to go impress people at Dragon Con or the 501st or Star Wars groups or something like that because they don't accept stuff like that you know it's just that's like the uh it's like the ben cooper ones we used to wear as kids they weren't really they're not really real they don't look that great but they're okay for kids but you know you need movie quality for other stuff but for kids and stuff and just to get party supplies at party city um it was it was i guess it was the place to go i mean you could mm-hmm. still go there and they're not i don't think they're closing everything they're just restructuring and they're in trouble so i didn't know that so poor party party city there's still people suffering because of this dang thing that happened i don't even want to talk about it anymore mm. i don't even want to give it i don't even want to say anything nope that, just that, that that virus or whatever i can't you it's know terrible you know they didn't learn their lesson the same people who nope. made the mistake the first time are gonna be happy to do it again isn't that the um definition of insanity yep same thing over <laughs> and over like hoping for a different result <laughs> well i don't know if i have enough time to do this i'm gonna try but yes it's benny hill's birthday today and i'd like to go out with at least some Something from Benny Hill, because I'm a big fan. Benny Hill Show, and here is Benny Hill. Now I'm known as Dapper Dan, the lady killer man. And those that I don't kill a wound a bit. I run a fancy car, I call it the Mayflower, on account of all the Puritans who've come across in it. Now I took 20-year-old Pam up to the wood near Boulder Dam, parked the car, thought that she'd know what to do. I said, get in the back now, Pam. She said, what the hell do you think I am? I want to stay on the front seat here with you. Whoa, give me an older woman every time, every time. Give me an older woman every time. Because they don't yell and they don't tell and all they're grateful as hell. So give me an older woman every time. Now the day my Uncle Joe married my Aunt Flo, he was 44 and she was 69. That night as I lay on my bed, well, I heard every word they said. I couldn't help because their room was next to mine. He said, how about it, dear? She pretended not to hear. He begged and pleaded till his voice was hoarse and deep. He said, oh, how about it, Flo? She said, how about what, Joe? He said, how about fucking sit in a pair of us getting some sleep? <laughs> oh, give me an older woman every time, every time. Oh, give me an older woman every time. Cause they don't yell and they don't tell. Oh, they're grateful as hell. So give me an older woman every time. 
Last year I divorced Maureen, now she was just 19. The day that she became my bony bride. She was as cold as charity, just as frigid as could be. Well, when she opened her mouth, a little light came on inside. Now, last week I met her at a party. I was feeling kind of gay kind of hearty, and several whiskeys had sharpened up my wit. I said, how about a bit of whoopee? She said, over my dead body. I said, Maureen, gal, you haven't changed a bit. <laughs> oh, give me an older woman every time, every time. Give me an older woman every time. Cause they don't yell and they don't tell and oh, they're grateful as hell. So give me an older woman every time. Now, when I was just a boy, I took a little gal called Joy down to the meadow and we lay down by a hedge. I said, you know my pretty little squaw, what your lovely lips are for? She said, to stop my mouth from fraying round the edge. <laughs> now, I tell you, my wife's 53, but you know, she still suits me, though of later hearing it really ain't so hot. But at night, as I lay on my bed, I put my lips up close to her head, and I say, well, you going to sleep or what? And she says, what? <laughs> give me an older woman every time, every time. Give me an older woman every time. Cause they don't yell and they don't tell and oh they're grateful as hell So give me an older woman, a real hot-blooded woman, a ripe bitchy woman Give me an older woman every time How about There he is, the lad himself, Benny Hill from the Benny Hill Show The old song, Older Woman, from 19, that's from 1973 Benny, the Benny Hill show didn't get over here until much later, the syndicated version. They, the ones we watched were older mm-hmm. <clears throat> than they actually were when they aired over here. So when we were watching Benny Hill in 77, 78, 79, they're actually from the early 70s, and they were just going to catch up eventually. So, But uh, he was much more popular outside of England and the rest of the world. England, people in England and London and UK, they didn't really care for him very much. I, I don't know. I don't know why, because he was funny, but his success was everywhere else. He would go places. And they had like thousands of people, you know, would show up to see him get off the airplane where he would tour and stuff. And the very last thing he did was a special on. Uh, remember the USA Network here in mm-hmm. America? I don't know if it's still around. It's called something else now, or it's, no, it's the different. USA it's still the USA. Mm-hmm. Back in uh, was it ninety one or ninety two? He did a special filmed it at Thames Television in in London but he he sent it to the USA aired it here in America and it was his comeback thing he'd been off for a while so now he's making trying to try and do a comeback thing in the early 90s and it was a precursor to his uh, signing a deal he was going to sign a contract to uh, do some specials in America and um, right after that special was made I think I'm getting the timeline right here right if it, if it was made I think it was a few weeks later uh, he died of a heart attack in his apartment by himself sitting in his chair uh, with the television on. The contract still sitting on the coffee table in front of him, just ready to sign and go forward with it. Michael Jackson was one of his biggest fans, and Michael wanted to be on it with him. You know, at the time, Michael was still oh, yeah. riding stardom. Still alive. But he wanted to, uh, yeah, he, he wanted to be on it with him, a big fan of his. And uh, it's a sad ending for Benny Hill. He had, a, he had a flat apartment just outside of London somewhere. And his producer, Dennis Kirkland, they said they hadn't heard from him. He was supposed to be somewhere. And they hadn't heard from him, you know, in, in a few days or whatever. And uh, they tried to knock on his door. He didn't answer. And then somebody, I think it was somebody, either Dennis or one of the firemen, somebody had put a ladder up side of the apartments where he, the flat where he was staying, walked up the ladder, looked inside the window. They could hear the television on because he used to watch TV up really loud. That's <clears throat> where he'd get a lot of his ideas. This is from the, autobi- the, the biography book they wrote. And he looked in the window, and Dennis describes, he says, I could see him sitting in the chair from the back. I could see his head, and he's just sitting in the chair. And I said, you know, I'm rapping on the window, and he's not moving, and they're all really, they, they're like, oh, no, what's wrong? You know, they have to go through the window, and there he is, you know, slumped in his chair. I've been dead for days for, from a heart attack, and you imagine how that looks. But 
it was so cool because his producer was really you could tell he was really sad about recanting the story on this biography story I was watching about Benny Hill and he goes they, they put him on the gurner and they're about to wheel him out of his apartment for the last time and he goes and I had to he goes he goes before you leave can I just can I just straighten his hair before you take him out so he just kind of just pushed his hair down and f- mm. fixed his hair and they took him away and Dennis was you know he looked at the camera he goes that's and he goes I had to do that for him it was the last thing I could do for him and he was gone mm. and it was a very very sad and touching story but uh, what a phenomenon he was. My dad <laughs> totally turned me on Benny Hill. I knew he would watch him. Then I started watching him. And I watched, at the time as a kid, I watched Benny Hill for a different reason my dad did. When I was older, I watched it for the same reason my dad did. And I got it. So it was great. Benny Hill, happy birthday and rest in peace. It's BK on the air. We'll, we'll see you on the podcast, the BK Escape Pod.